You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is not only by rural pastors, but for rural pastors. If you find yourself doing the Lord's work in some small, out-of-the-way place or in a community that touches on those aspects of rural life, we are here to bring you resources that don't just speak to your context, but they're spoken by people who get it. They're spoken by people who have lived there, worked there, and understand the challenges and pressures that come with pastoring in a small church or in a smaller community. Um, we are excited. We have been in a series the last, actually, it's it's kind of spanned over six weeks. I didn't intend for it to last this long, but it definitely has yielded such amazing lessons, such great insights on ministry that I thought we might as well keep going. And so uh, we've been talking about bivocational ministry, what it looks like to to not only hold a a pastoral job, but as well uh, to hold a secular job, or for some people, they kind of volunteer in different ways in the community, or even for others, they have like a ministry and a side ministry. And so we're excited to talk through one of those contexts today, as we have been for the last uh, kind of five weeks here. And this will be the end of it today, and then we'll get to do a couple episodes next uh, next couple of weeks that I'm really looking forward to uh, in wrapping up the, the year here. And so today we get the privilege to talk with a pastor from Evanston, Wyoming. His name is Tim Floyd. And as always, I just want to welcome him to the show. Tim, how are you doing, man? I am doing well. Thank you, Joe. It's uh, good to be with you this morning. Awesome. Well, every time we bring on a guest, we like to do uh, as our first question. First question, we always love to ask people, hey, can you share with us your connection to the rural church? Because again, we really love on this podcast that we not only speak uh, two rural voices, but we get to hear from people who who have lived there and walked there. And so why don't you just take a second and help us walk through your ministry journey and your connection to the rural church? All right. Well, as far as my entry into ministry, I felt called into ministry back when I was in junior high. And uh, it was something that I fought for a, a few years. Uh, in my mind at that time, I thought that uh, being called into ministry meant that I had to be a pastor, a youth pastor, an evangelist, a missionary. And I really wanted nothing to do with any of those roles. And so uh, at some point, I felt like, well, maybe I could become a, a Christian psychologist. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's what I pursued out of high school. I got my bachelor's degree in psychology and then was accepted into a uh, clinical psychology PhD program. And as soon as I started that program, I knew that's not what God had in store for me. Uh, really? miserable. And so, you know, although for in 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 uh, PhD's defense, I've never heard someone who did a PhD ever encourage me to get a PhD. <laughs> yeah, <everyone's laughs> there like, you go. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah. is a lot of work. And I was doing well in the program academically, but um, oh sure, I, I knew that the Lord had something else in store for me. And so, long story short, He redirected me to uh, Denver Seminary, uh, where I ended up earning my master's degree in counseling. And uh, during that time, I uh, started working with uh, abused children in residential treatment and uh, had a passion for children and youth and also a passion for uh, people in, uh, in, in the inner city. And so over uh, the course of, uh, I don't know, 20 years or so, I served as a, as a therapist, uh, program director for an inner city ministry in Denver. And I worked with a lot of children and youth in residential care. And that was my ministry. But uh, a few years ago, uh, my wife and I 
uh, were called into pastoral ministry and uh, had the opportunity to serve on staff at a church uh, in another state. <clears throat> and unfortunately, we had been there less than a year, and the senior pastor decided to uh, <laughs> resign. And he felt like the Lord was calling his family elsewhere. And I love that. Yes. <laughs> and so the uh, the board decided to go a different direction and decided for uh, budgetary reasons to cut our positions. Both my wife and I were on staff at the time. Oh, wow. And so uh, kind of had the rug jerked out from under us. And uh, <clears throat> but um, looking back, we realized that the Lord really knew what he was doing. He had uh, greater plans for us. And and he used that opportunity there in that church as a means of getting us into pastoral ministry. Oh, sure. And uh, as we were looking for another ministry opportunity to step into, uh, we had a couple of uh, pastors here in Wyoming that uh, we had never met before uh, suggest they, they saw on uh, Facebook, I believe it was, that we were looking for a pastorate. And so both of them encouraged us to uh, reach out to the network leadership here in Wyoming. And uh, we contacted Pastor Alan Shaberg, and uh, he invited us to consider Evanston, Wyoming. <clears throat> and I had never been in Wyoming prior to that. And mm. uh, Pastor Al asked if we would consider uh, serving as uh, uh, interim pastors. And I said, well, what is that going to look like? And he asked if we would consider uh, commuting back and forth from where we were to here, about an eight-hour drive each way. We really wanted our kids to finish school where we were. Oh, sure. And so we, we did that for about eight weeks. And I think it was probably the second or third week we were doing that. Uh, we were approached by a board member here at the church. And uh, uh, that person said, well, we've spoken with the, the uh, network leadership and uh, they're okay with it. Uh, we would like to take a vote of the church membership, oh, wow. invite you guys to be our permanent pastors. And so uh, we, uh, we were voted in and we've been here. It'll be uh, five years, um, I think come March. And so uh uh, Evanston's a, t- a community of about 12,000 people, but it, it's, it still has that small town feel to it. Oh, and sure. Like most communities here in Wyoming, uh, we're kind of isolated. We're right on the Utah border along I-80 and, you know, we're, we're with a, in a short, a relatively short drive of Salt Lake City and Ogden, places like that, an hour and a half, hour to an hour and a half. But, um, you know, there, there aren't a lot of other communities uh, that are real close to us here in Wyoming. Probably the next closest uh, assembly we've got church is still about 40, 45 minutes away. Oh, yeah, for sure. uh, Yeah. And so the Lord has really blessed us during our time here. We love our church family. Um, So some people might not consider a a community of 12,000 a rural setting. But, uh, you know, I think here in Wyoming, we kind of look at things a little differently. Oh, sure. I was really honestly about to mention, I was like, you could tell me there was a city of you know, half a million, a million people in Wyoming. And first of all, I'd be like, there's not that many people in Wyoming. But second Mm -hmm. of all, I would say, uh, yeah, no matter what the size, if you're in Wyoming, it's a rural church. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it feels. It's it's definitely the flavor of the state, if you will. Uh, We get that a lot in Montana. I've met a ton of people all over, you know, Montana blows up in certain spaces in terms of population. And yet still, uh, you get a lot of those same mentalities and a lot of those same struggles. And so, um, man, that's pretty cool. I love hearing your journey and what a, you know, what, a, what a nice up and down and just all those different routes it took. And, um, it definitely reminds me of the, of the journey of Paul where he said, I'm going to go this way. And then, you know, it gets blocked. So I'm going to go this way. And then, you know, and it ends up, 
it ends up uh, in the book of acts that he that he really feels a strong pull one way what a cool set of events well hey i also want to highlight and obviously you already touched on some of your background in psychology and counseling and those things but i want to touch on maybe because i know that 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 this podcast is about kind of the the bivocational nature of ministry and i uh feel like when we talked you mentioned to me that you do actually have another full-time job uh in addition to pastoring and tell us what that position's like, how you got there, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I currently serve as the full-time chaplain at the Wyoming State Hospital here in Evanston. And uh, after my wife and I and our two kids moved here, for a period of time, I didn't have a second job. Uh, my wife started working with the local school system, and then I was invited by her principal to come in and work on a, a part-time basis. And so I did that basically serving as a paraprofessional. Oh, nice. uh, I loved it with my experience with kids in the past. Um, oh, sure. it, it was a great fit, but of course it doesn't pay very much, but uh, <laughs> it was a great ministry opportunity working in the same school as my wife and people uh, knew why we were here, why we had moved here to pastor this church. And so we had opportunities to, uh, to share with people our faith and, and we'd have uh, occasionally uh, staff members come up to us and ask if we would mind praying with them. And so we really saw that as a ministry opportunity, but I really was feeling like God had something else in store for me, uh, something else in mind. And so um, uh, a coworker there at the school approached my wife one day and uh, asked her if uh, I had applied for the position at the state hospital. And my wife said, well, what position is that? And she said, well, the chaplain position. And uh, my wife says, well, I don't even know if he's aware that there's an opening. And so shortly after that, a pastor friend of mine here in Evanston, um, he uh, approached me and uh, asked me the same question. "Have Have you applied for the position? And I said, well, what position are you talking about? And he said, the chaplain position at the state hospital. And he said, with your background in mental health and, uh, you know, just all your experience, he said, I think you would be a perfect fit. He said, I think it would be a great ministry opportunity. And uh, so I inquired. I didn't know it at the time, but the state hospital didn't have a, uh, an HR director. Uh, mm-hmm. They were between HR directors. And so my inquiry, my email apparently fell through the cracks. Oh, and, sure. uh, I didn't hear back from them. And so I thought, OK, the Lord has shut that door. Okay, I'll just, you know, look for something else. And my friend, Pastor Mark, he approached me a few weeks later, and I think he actually texted me that time, brother, the Holy Spirit keeps prompting me to prompt you, you need to apply uh, Hmm. for that position. He said, I know for a fact, it's still open. And so uh, finally, I kind of said, okay, you know, I'll apply, we'll see where the Lord takes this. And so I did apply and interviewed for the position and uh, the state hospital had been without a chaplain for uh, several months and actually it, it uh, caught some flack uh, because of a lack of spiritual care there for the clients. Uh-huh. And so uh, the interview went really well and they extended the opportunity to me to, to come on full-time staff. And there was some concern on my part or on their part, but I'd be able to jug, uh, juggle the responsibilities uh, pastoring my church and also working there full time. And uh, my my supervisor there at the state hospital uh, now, uh, she at the time said, well, I want you to take a few days to think about it, to pray about it, uh, you know, talk to your, your congregation, your wife, and then uh, get back to me with your answer. 
And so uh, the Lord opened that door and I felt a peace about it. My wife felt a peace about it. I had the, uh, uh, the, the permission from my congregation, uh, from, oh, sure. you know, my network pastor. And so I went ahead and accepted the position. I've been in the position now going on a year and a half. Nice. And it's just been a wonderful opportunity. Um, you know, uh, so some people like to joke that, well, you're doing well out there because you have a captive audience. Oh, and, sure. <laughs> you know, that, does, that, that does work to my uh, to my benefit, but I could definitely see the Lord's hand in all of that. So yeah. that, that's been my experience in bivocational ministry. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so what I want to dive into now, because um, honestly, what a cool journey again to see. Uh, again, how your story weaves together, how the skills you gained, and, and we're going to get into that for sure. But I do want to maybe uh, just kind of hit, you know, what are some of the personal lessons that you feel like God has taught you? Obviously, you worked as a para, and even before that as a counselor, but in the season of ministry, you're pastoring, you're para, then you're on staff at this hospital. And I know when we talked on the phone, uh, you talked a lot about your family, kind of how you viewed church, and and kind of how it's helped you personally pastor even when ministry is difficult. And so maybe, maybe highlight some of those things for us real quick. What are some of the lessons God's really helped you with? This is something my wife and I talk about all the time. You know, both of us are very busy and sure. stretched thin. And I think sometimes if, if something is going to have to be sacrificed, it's easy to sacrifice, you know, your, your family responsibilities. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I, I keep going back and, and this is something, again, my wife and I have talked about a lot to uh, something that the pastor I grew up under said, I, he was my pastor from the time I was in second grade until I was in college. Oh, and really? he said, uh, he, he passed away recently. He, he was in his nineties. Oh, wow. and he, he said that the mistake he made with his older children was that he confused his personal walk with Christ with, with, with his ministry responsibilities. And so mm. he thought he was to put his ministry responsibilities even above his family. And oh, so there wow. were times he would you know, be there for his church people, but not for his family. And he challenged me, knowing that I was going into some sort of ministry even back then. Sure. Uh, he says, never allow that to happen. And so now, even with our busy schedules, we try to be very intentional, you know, to spend regular time with our family, whether it's something, you know, doing something there at the house that we all like, you know, watching a movie or playing a game together or uh, sure. you know, over into Utah and going to a museum, you know, going thrift store shopping, doing something that the family can, can do together that we all sure. enjoy. And so it, it doesn't happen without that intentionality. Uh, yeah. you know, it's something we have to do. And it's, it's not just a one-time thing that we can check that box and say, well, I've, I've met my responsibilities for the month, but it's something you have to do on a, you know, a weekly and, and at times a daily basis. Sure. Um, as far as how I view church, uh, you know, uh, our, our church isn't very big at all. And uh, I think that I've had to, both my wife and I have had to look at our second jobs as being an extension of our ministry and everyone that we interact with, uh, whether it's a client at the hospital or a staff member, or, you know, a parent that she works with at the school or a staff member there, or even her students, um, we have to look at those folks as ministry opportunities. And, you know, you you never know when the Lord's going to open a door for you to be able to meet them where they're at and, and uh, even if you're not able all the time to share the gospel directly, you know, uh, people know who we are and why we're here. And 
uh, we're representing Christ to them, you know, just through how we live and, and how we interact with other people. And so I think that that's helped us, uh, you know, unfortunately we don't get to count them towards our numbers here at the church, but, uh, you know, we definitely see uh, that as just part of our ministry. You know, I've had a conversation in the past with pastors about how we tend to uh, separate things out uh, into this dichotomy where, you know, certain things are sacred and certain things are secular. And I think that we've had to really uh, change that to where everything is sacred. Everything that we do uh, is for, for God, for his glory. Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of the trend of, of ministry these days. You know, every time I, every time it seems I talk to pastors and look ahead, uh, there's more and more conversations about what it means to pastor the community, what it means to, to be a pastor and not just have that position of pastor. And, and, and it bleeds into every area of our life. Um, that, uh, the final thought on this, on this question before we move on is I, uh, really, really enjoyed, um, kind of the conversation about, about you mentioned that pastoral ministry obviously has seasons of challenge and tell me how being bivocational has kind of helped bring that balance or that sense of satisfaction to your own life. Yeah. There, there are times when our numbers are down here at our church or, you know, things aren't going as well as I would like for them to. Um, It's nice having that other outlet for ministry. And uh, you know, at times if, 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 if one part of my ministry is discouraging and frustrating, then I have something else to, to kind of look forward to and, and to strengthen me and encourage me. And honestly, you know, I, I even think about that. And, uh, you know, I think some people might say, well, yeah, it's nice for you to have either a ministry or a ministry. You know, you get some pastors who work in jobs that aren't as directly people oriented or as yes. directly ministry oriented. But uh, so I even do like like concrete work uh, sometimes on the side or have a construction background. And I still remember, uh, you know, there'd be days where like ministry's tough because people aren't linear and they don't solve all their problems with a bow and they don't wrap up quickly. Um, but then I would go build something and then I was done building something. And I remember just receiving an immense amount of personal satisfaction from it and from that process. And so I really do uh, hope that then any pastor tuning in, any leader tuning in would say, hey, I, I really love, you know, both sides of it. Like there are ways in which we can find the satisfaction of doing a good job. And for a lot of pastors who are in a small town who might be struggling, who are having a tough time with their church, that can be their lifeline, you know, if they let it. And so I, I really am encouraged by that aspect of your story. It, it could definitely be an outlet. Yeah, like, like, like you said, that, that can provide a sense of accomplishment and, you know, once again, there, there shouldn't be that uh, separation of sacred and secular, even, even, you know, mixing concrete, and pouring concrete, you're doing it for the glory of God. Yeah. And that, that's something we definitely need to keep in mind. Um, you know, it, it, everything is done, done for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do want to dive in we're going to, we're going to backtrack a little bit. So you've touched on this so far a little bit, but you're, your life and your family's lives are kind of, at least it seems to me, and probably to some of our listeners, like you've got this, this collection of experiences, right? And uh, and it reminds me of, of graphics I've seen on the internet where some guy's got all the red yarn on the wall and is trying to connect how all these things line up together, you know? Because even your your mental health side of things, the counseling and, and, and obviously a 20-year, you know, kind of counseling journey and education journey, um, I think it's funny when you said, yeah, I started counseling as a way to run from a call to ministry and then did that for 20 years. 
And so obviously we kind of ask the question, you know, does God use those things? Like obviously, you know, does God still take, because obviously again, you say, man, here I did all these accomplishments, all these educational accomplishments, all these even, you know, kind of semi-ministry related things. And how have you seen God take all these different puzzle pieces and work them into your life currently? I, I believe God doesn't waste anything, you know, any of our experiences, even, you know, at times whenever we venture really far off the path that God has chosen for us, I believe that uh, he can use all of those things. And, you know, like in my case, um, I don't know that I was really outside of God's will. I, I, I believe, sure. you know, during the, the time I served as a therapist, I was working as a Christian counselor and still sharing Christ with people. Uh, for a number of years, I worked in uh, Christian nonprofit ministry. Sure. Or, uh, uh, management. And it's one of those things, I think in the moment, you may not realize how God is going to use that. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. And that's not really a hobby that I enjoy, but my wife and kids enjoy doing that. And, you know, God has the box top. God knows what the complete picture looks like. And uh, occasionally he'll give us a glimpse of it or a glimpse of at least sure. a part of it. Uh, but he knows what the the whole picture looks like. He knows what the final product is going to be. And so, you know, th- there for a while, after I kind of uh, left the, more of the counseling or social work type of ministry, uh, I remember t- telling my wife, it's like, well, I, I kind of feel like, you know, my, my education is being wasted now. Well, the Lord knew that I was going to be invited to be the chaplain at a psychiatric facility. And so, uh, you know, it, it, you know, what's the saying? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure, yeah. And, you know, I look back now. It's like, oh, okay. God had a purpose for that, and I was oblivious to it at the time. But it, it's a matter, I think, of, of trusting God. And you know, uh, we may not be able to put the puzzle pieces together. We may not be able to connect those dots in the moment. But uh, hopefully, at some point, we can look back and say, okay. Uh, none of this was wasted. And even with when we do make mistakes, and even when we do kind of veer off course, you know, God can can still use that, uh, those experiences uh, for, for our, our good and his glory. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like what an encouragement, because again, I, I think of, of a lot of rural pastors I know and a lot of pastors I know in general. And uh, you end up in some weird situations, not, not even just weird, like, like, you know, anything, weird, but like you, you end up doing jobs where you, where you do, you sit there and go, man, how did what I just did or what I've been forced to do or what my community's forced me to do or what my circumstances have forced me to do? How does this all tie in? You know, and I, I think we would be right at home with the, the heroes of scripture that would uh, emphasize to us that, that God really truly doesn't waste anything. And I, I love hearing uh, again, that, that, you have this this 20-year career, really. I mean, this is your career. This is your job. You know, this is your educational background. And then God takes that and he says, yeah, that's great. And you say, well, well, is it done now? And God says, no, 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 no. Just wait. And it's going to fit hand to glove. You know, and it's just so cool to see the door that opens from that. Well, I, I can look back and, and uh, see how some of my experiences, even if they don't directly tie into what I'm doing now, uh, you know, sometimes God will use those things for character development. Sure. You know, he'll he'll uh, use those things for uh, the development of relationships in our lives, for us to be able to make contact with certain individuals. And again, at the time, we may be oblivious to that, but 
It's just a matter of trusting and believing he knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, as we close out here, this has just been a delightful conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed hearing your insights. Um, but based on this brief look into your life and really highlighting, you know, kind of that idea that, hey, God doesn't God doesn't waste anything. Uh, there might be pastors or leaders tuning in who find themselves struggling at a at a second job or at a position where they're you know, maybe waiting for a church to to really engage or whatever, and 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 they might be struggling. And so, what would you say? You know, what would you say to encourage that pastor? To encourage that pastor saying, "Hey, I'm I'm in the middle of having a box of puzzle pieces, and I don't know what it's all going to look like." I, I think one thing that has helped me uh, is networking. Uh, you know, I'm part of a local, uh, we don't call it a ministerial alliance, but that's basically sure. what it is. And so I get together with other uh, pastors here at Evanston. Uh, we try to get together once a month uh, just to uh, share with one another and to pray together. And uh, I'm also friends with a, a Baptist pastor uh, in a community about 45 minutes from here. And he and I are in regular contact with one another. And it's helped me at times whenever I've been in a funk, when I've been discouraged, when I've been frustrated to realize that I'm not in this boat by myself. You know, I, I think that's one of the biggest lies that the enemy uh, tells us, uh, not just in this particular uh, situation, but just kind of in general, whenever we're struggling in any area of life, uh, he wants us uh, to feel isolated and to feel like, you know, no one else knows what I'm going through and, and uh, he uses that to kind of beat us down. And, and too oftentimes we, we uh, buy into that. And so it's, it's been really good for me to just hear from other pastors that, you know what, what you're experiencing is not unique to you. Uh, we've all been there and done that. And in some cases, you know, they're, they're right there um, in the same spot that I find myself in currently. And so uh, that, that I, I would just encourage uh, rural pastors, bivocational pastors to, yeah, to, to be open and honest with other people, you know, to, to find people, whether it's inside their, or within their church or outside of their church, people who can relate and, you know, be able to, to, to share those things with them and, and uh, maybe pray together. And uh, it's definitely a burden that you don't have to carry, uh, carry alone. Absolutely, man. I, uh, that really settles with me really well. It really resonates, you know, as, as, a, as an ending point for our, our discussion here. But it hits me hard, man. I mean, that's such an encouragement. And honestly, uh, that's what we hope, you know, this podcast, conversations like this can be. It's just another voice speaking in your life saying, hey, we get it and we're here for you. You know, and that's uh, that's powerful stuff, man. Well, as, as far as, as as far as what you had to say about uh, being in a bivocational uh, position and something that you hate, something that you don't see tying into where you think the Lord is taking you, uh, I would just encourage um, people like that to to have patience, to keep trusting, keep believing, and who knows, you know, what, what once you've moved on to something else, you may be able to look back. As I've described in my own life and ministry, you may be able to look back and say, oh, okay, I didn't get it at the time, but sure. now I see that God, God knew what he was doing. He, he was completely in control and in charge of uh, all of those details. So, uh, yeah, keep trusting, keep trusting. Uh, you know, my wife and I uh, frequently point to uh, Proverbs 3, you know, trust in the mm -hmm. Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And so, uh, 
stop trying to figure it out. I, I have a tendency to overanalyze things, to overthink. And I mean, as a counselor, uh, I would really expect nothing less. I mean, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, all that really matters is, well, what does God think? Am I where God wants me? And I may not fully understand how he is using me in, in that moment, but I just have to trust and believe, okay, he has me here for at least a season and for a reason. And so uh, it's a matter of trust. Do, do I trust him fully? Awesome. Well, hey, Tim, uh, Pastor Tim, Chaplain Tim, whatever you want me to call you. Um, but I, Tim. I definitely, Tim's good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, I just want to say uh, thank you again for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. It's been a pleasure uh, visiting with you. And uh, I look forward. I, I was unaware of your podcast until you contacted me. And so uh, I would like at some point to go back and watch some of your other podcasts and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully benefit from those as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to all our listeners, once again, this has been our guest, Tim Floyd. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Epley. And uh, again, we are trying to come at you every week with content that is speaking right to where you're at, that is being spoken by people who get it, who've worked in small places or or done kind of these interesting contexts. And, and uh, we are here for the rural church, not just for now, but for later and forever. And so uh, maybe not forever, and that's a little dramatic, but we are excited <laughs> to bring you every single week uh, these podcasts. And so you can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts or at www.ruraladvancement.com. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. 